Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. Closet Conversations. Let's welcome our A-team guest, a doctor that I love so much, a doctor that contributes so much towards natural medicine and also uh, women's health. Dr. Miriam Kant is a registered natural medicine doctor with a master's degree focusing on sexual and reproductive health and rights and its intersections with gender and religion. Dr. Khan, I've missed you so much. Good evening. Thank you, Patricia. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm strong. How are you doing, Dr. Khan? Wonderful. A simple Thank question. You. Simple, simple question I've got as we start off. Are movies when it comes to sex, whether it's porn or it's uh, romantic movies, um, are they realistic when it comes to what really happens in the bedroom? Absolutely not. I think that from all my conversations and consults with patients, definitely not. Um, what we're seeing in the movies, and we don't necessarily, I mean, it depends whether you go out to watch a movie or a series, and we're not necessarily talking about porn here. We're just talking about general movies. And it depends whether you go out to watch romance or you know the content is going to be a large amount of sex. But in between general movies, you'll also find sex scenes that, you know, that make up a small portion of a movie. And almost always it's unrealistic. It doesn't match up to our real-life experiences. You know, the one thing that always reminds me of how unrealistic uh, these movies are when it comes to sexual intimacy is uh, the fact that the people always have chiseled bodies, both the males and the females, and they're always in sync. You know, the bodies look great, (laughs) and you hardly see scenes where people are negotiating around condoms or reminding each other. You don't get scenes where people are sweating on each other. So I ask myself, how does this unrealistic point of view when it comes to intimacy impact on our sexual lives? Patricia, you know, um, some of those examples that you've given, I actually put this question out on my social media today, and I was surprised by the responses I got. Some of them were similar to what you just shared and some different. And I find that what it does is it maintains negative patterns. So we don't break those negative patterns. That's one thing. It sets ourselves, we set ourselves up for for disappointment when we don't have these conversations because if all we refer to, if the standard is what we're seeing on TV or what we're seeing on the movies, then we don't have anything different that we can, you know, use as a standard against. So, for example, if we want to discuss um, contraception or protection, and this is not something that we see commonly done in the movies, we might not have the self-esteem or the courage to raise this question in our own relationships. Especially if, for example, a lot of young people like hanging out and going to movies, especially when they're dating. And if the movies they are watching don't portray those kind of messages, it creates a problem for us in our own relationships. Um, and this 
you know, it, at the end of the day, this reinforces the need for communication because it, it will affect our self-esteem at some point. It also leads us to make um, poor decisions. So, for example, if we, don't, if we already lack self-esteem in a relationship, I lack the ability to say no um, if we feel that we're being coerced or to ask for the use of protection. Um, or basic things like the need to use the bathroom after being intimate. How often do you see someone on the big screen saying, oh, I just need to run after the bathroom, you know, or step out of bed and go to the bathroom. You don't see that. You hardly ever see that. It's always people lying there in a heap of hotness and no one's mentioning the possibility of a urinary tract infection or, or that the bed might be wet or messed or that kind of thing. So if you already struggle with self-esteem issues and confidence issues, it plays on that and adds to that. Mm. Hey, I, I like the, the, the example you've made around, um, you know, <laughs> you'd never see anyone in the movie saying, excuse me, I need the bathroom. <laughs> because uh, that that happens, right? That really happens. But self-confidence is also etched at her when you are not, uh, when you are not focused on yourself, but are reminding yourself of a movie scene uh, or a porn scene that you saw. And you're thinking, I'm going to do it like that. But at the end of the at the end of the round, you realize, oh, it wasn't the same. It really wasn't the same. Let's invite the A teamers uh, to call in. A teamers, we're talking, and ex- you know, unrealistic expectations when it comes to sex. But the real real the reality of what we face as as people when we're having sex is not the same as what happens on TV. So this reality versus television versus movies. How are you navigating through it? What are the things that you are saying, I wish I could do this, but in reality, no, that's not your reality. Call in on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104107. Hey, it's not that easy out here, especially when your confidence levels are down. What is that one style that you thought of and you, you saw in a movie and you said, I'm going to do it, but came time to do it you couldn't let us know dr khan the, the, the other thing is sex is messy and i remember we've spoken about this but on these movies nothing is messy no no one comes out sweaty or messy uh, the bed is always clean and and this can cause you know a level of discomfort in uh, sexual partners and i know especially for women both men and women, you know, it's, it's that. It's the messiness. It's um, the fact that it's not so smooth if you're trying different positions. Like someone on my social media account mentioned that no one tells you or you don't see in the movies that you may sustain minor injuries like a fall or a bump if you're trying an unusual position. And no one tells you that it's not smooth and synchronized, you know, especially when you're changing positions. So, you know, all of this, like, it creates this hype and this idea that sex is supposed to be, or, or sexual intercourse is supposed to go a specific way, like from A to Z, from beginning to end, and this is how it will be. And every, at any given point in, in time, your body is perfect, it's airbrushed, it, you know, it looks a certain way. And if you notice, Patricia, 
you'll find that often in those sex scenes and movies, men's bodies come in different shapes and sizes. But the women's bodies are generally, you know, there's a specific idea of what a woman's body is supposed to be like. That's very difficult for the average woman because the average woman might not be carrying that specific body um, that you see on TV. And that's what we are fed on a daily basis, on a regular basis. Whenever we are watching movies and TV, um, TV series, we do what we see. So all of this adds up. Also, you never ever hear of, I've never come across a movie where a guy is suffering with performance anxiety or, you know, or he has premature ejaculation or he has erectile dysfunction. And how do the couple navigate that? It's always perfect sex. Yeah, everything is perfect when it comes to the movies. A-teamers, please call in. Perhaps you have a perfect sex life. You are just like the <laughs> movies. Please give us examples of what it is that you do and how you do it and how you keep it neat and clean and looking good like in the movies on 11 714 You can also WhatsApp 614 a question for you from me, Dr. Khan. There's this thing, and I, I remember there's a term for it, when partners are having sex and it becomes noisy, um, the bodies and the sexual organs moving in and out, it starts becoming noisy uh, due to the liquids and that are excreted and so on. But not only that, then sometimes there's uh, fart-like noises that come from uh, the vagina, why are these never shown on the movies? <laughs> Why do the movies not show these realities? They never do. And, you know, there's so much of stigma around it. And basically, it's just when air is trapped, especially in specific positions and in vigorous motion, and, of course, air must exit the body, and it will make this noise. I remember a very long time ago, I heard, you know, an elderly woman in the family speaking, and an old aunt of mine was talking about this, and she mentioned it to one of her daughters-in-law. But, you know, and the, the young the daughter-in-law was horrified when she heard this concept. But, but the message that was being given is that this generally happens, um, and I'm using the terms very loosely, and this is how people talk about it, is that when the vagina is not tight enough or when it's loose, and that is not true. So it can happen to anyone, and it usually happens in general um, positions and if it's vigorous, you know, um, scintillating and titillating uh, intimacy. And, you know, what I tell my patients is generally women are stigmatized and these kind of things are stigmatized and women are shamed, um, you know, for being different or for not um, portraying a perfect image. And I tell women, instead of laughing or giggling nervously about it, um, use it as a, a Kind of like a prop in your intimacy set, in your intimacy routine or your stint, and use it to boost your partner's ego and tell them that's how good they are. Um, you know, and in the terminology that you use, so basically it boosts their ego, and you both don't have to look at it as something that you need to laugh about or something that you need to feel uncomfortable about. It becomes something that strokes his ego and something that you know, it adds more pleasure to the whole scene. But yes, it's never spoken about or 
come across in a movie. I've not come across such a thing in a movie. Um, yeah. And I think it's because, you know, in general, when you look at movies, besides the sex scenes and the intimacy scenes, most movies have a particular plot. There's a beginning and an end. It's, um, it's usually a happily ever after or not, but generally a happily ever after. There's almost always romance, and almost always the first time intimacy is mind-blowing. Whether that first time is your first time ever or your first time with that particular person. And we know that that's not necessarily true. Um, but it, it looks good on TV, and it's what, it's what, um, it's what sells tickets. So hmm. we need to be more cognizant of this when we do watch. And how much of it are we internalizing? How much of it are we accepting in our own lives and in our own relationships? Because what happens is, often women, men too, but I suppose men watch more porn than they watch movies that are romantic or comedies. But often women, when you watch a lot of romance movies or read certain types of books, and I heard you mentioning the Northern Bone books, you have a certain expectation of romance, of being wooed or courted or seduced a certain way, and that's what arouses you. If you're not seduced, romance, courted in that particular way, you don't reach that level of arousal that you would have on your own due to or as a result of that kind of visual simulation or literal simulation. So um, I think that we need to be more cognizant of these factors when we're watching movies so that we don't get ourselves up for disappointment in our own relationship. A response that I got today on social media is one particular person said, what they had learned was that women don't always wear sexy and matching underwear. And that they were blown away by this because they realized that they had to reframe their minds about what sexy. They didn't have to be sexy underwear or matching underwear for the person to be aroused. Very true. Very, very true. Um, we don't always wear that sexy lingerie. Not an everyday thing, but we feel sexy all the time. Um, let's go to a voice note from an A team. I remember you two can send us a voice note on verse six one four one zero four one zero seven and tell us what are the expectations around sex that you had uh, based on what you saw in a TV or in a movie and that were never realized. Or perhaps you are one of those porn stars in bed and you and your partner <laughs> are always on point. Let us know. Zero one one seven one four two double zero six is the number to dial. Let's go to a voice note. Uh, good evening, A teamers. Yeah, um, one of the things I wish I could do um, is to ejaculate, just like the porn stars ejaculate, because they ejaculate bucket loads. And compared to my ejaculation, I mean, yes, it's so demotivating. I know. Hi, Patricia and the doctor. Hey, my name is Sakile. I'm here in, in Johannesburg. I really, really find it unfair for women to set all these unrealistic expectations from men, from us having chiseled bodies, you know, big arms and defined abs and what have you. 
um, and us being able to run a marathon in the bedroom. So it's all good and well that they like to impose these expectations on us. But the moment that a man, um, you know, um, vocalizes his preferences and it, 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 we are seen as to be insensitive. Like for instance, if I'd say, I want a Janet Jackson lookalike woman or I want a woman to do all sorts of things in bed, we are seen as insensitive. So um, it's very important that women uh, face reality and that what they see on television or on magazines is not necessarily what happens in real life. So, and they shouldn't impose all these things on us because once we do the same thing, they are quick to um, cry foul. Thank you. Dr. Khan, you've heard from the A-teamers. One wants to ejaculate like the a monster. ejaculate. <laughs> oh my word, I know, I, I tried to stifle the giggle there. Yes, you know, you do not need to ejaculate that much. In fact, no one does. Um, I'm not sure how they do it in the, in the porn movies, but basically, yes, if you have not been in, intimate for a few days, it might be a little extra. Um, each time you um, are intimate in one particular setting, like for example, one day, if there are two three different inter- intervals between your sessions, you will find that the ejaculate is less and less, and that's pretty normal. So um, I, I do understand. It's the first time I've heard that one actually. So I'll keep, you know, I'll, th- I'll save a few minutes to think about that and how that affects men and, and their self-esteem. And with regard to the second caller, uh, I totally agree. But at the same time, um, you know, just to understand that women are bombarded by you know, specific pictures, movies, adverts, uh, whether it's adverts for clothes or underwear or clo- uh, perfume, flowers, for anything. It's women's perfect bodies in two-piece bikinis or in hot shorts or, you know, when their are just exposed, specific bodies, specific shapes. There's no, um, so basically it's one-tone bodies, not multi-toned. Um, you won't find areas with darker skin. So, for example, underarm or inner thigh. And it makes women conscious of themselves. And they start, you know, it's, so it starts chipping away at their self-esteem and themselves. I think also the fact that the market is bombarded with products that keep telling you that you need to have lighter underarms or lighter inner thigh or lighter whatever or a certain kind of body. So what I've been doing is I, every time I go out shopping, I look at the windows and I look at the glass to see the adverts on, on the boards and on the windows and I've noticed certain um, chain stores have started pushing plus-size models, different shades, um, not necessarily airbrushing everything out. So you see the roles, for, you know, so you see different shapes of women, different shades. Not all of them have one, you know, a, a smooth tone. And um, you see skin folds, and it's, it's fantastic to see that because it normalizes you. It normalizes, because that's the majority of the population anyway. Um, and that sends a very powerful message to young girls, especially, that your body is perfect the way it is. 
and that you don't need to compare your body to a specific person in the media or specific underwear model or catwalk model. So I think that's very, very important. But to keep in mind that we are constantly bombarded with um, a certain idea of how women's bodies should look, and it is difficult to move away from that and to, to make a conscious effort to step away from that. Most definitely, Dr. Um The one thing that I think we also need to move away from is the thought that a sex starts and you reach climax within a second, because that's what we see in a movie. You know, it's just one, two kisses, and then we're off to the rockets, you know, to the skies with the rockets. And and it sets unrealistic expectations, because men uh, don't take as long as women to reach climax, but also the, the foreplay side of things is not really shown in movies. So really, movies are unrealistic, because there's no foreplay, you know, there's no... Um, a, a plateau, then the climax, and then, you know, the cuddle afterwards. It's just, let's have sex, baby. And I think this is also quite damaging, especially for long-term relationships, because once a relationship has uh, really uh, grown stronger and longer, you want to make your sex life very exciting. But it becomes difficult, because you, you watch movies to get inspiration, and these movies don't take you through the entire sexual process. Absolutely, and often it shows both people are always in the mood. Um, often it shows libidos match, and yes, spontaneous, spontaneous desire. There's almost always spontaneous desire. Almost always both people are in it, to in it, and you know, immediately aroused. Um, and we know that in reality, a lot of people do not um, respond spontaneously. They actually have responsive desire, so they take a little longer. And what that does is it makes a lot of people feel that there's something wrong with them, that they're broken. That, and, you know, it doesn't help that you're telling jokes about it. That uh, I've, I've often heard jokes that women are, they're not like a gas stove and women are like an electric stove. Um, and it really upsets me because, of course, you'll find that there are also instances for women who have spontaneous desire. It just depends on how you're wired and what turns you on, what arouses you, how quickly can you get there. Also, a lot of it has to do with shame and how we internalize messages that we've been raised with. Um, so if, for example, you don't have those ideas of shame around sex, you might find it easier to be aroused and you might have more confidence you know, with your partner and even with yourself. But if you do carry those ideas of shame and guilt and have certain ideas about sex and intimacy and how a woman should behave or how a man should behave and what's a good girl and what's a bad girl, then of course you will have different levels and different layers of difficulty when it comes to expressing yourself in that intimacy. Eighteeners, we're conversation with Dr. Miriam Khan and we're talking about unrealistic expectations that are set by watching television and porn when it comes to sexual life. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in or send WhatsApp on uh, 0614-104-107. That's for voice notes and uh, messages. Or you can 
Uh, Let's go to a quick break and we'll be back with your messages. Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Closet Conversations. We are still within the closet. Uh, We are still discussing the sexual um, expectations that are created by movies and the porn movies. And sometimes even these uh, erotica books that we read and we think that this is how it's supposed to be in our bedrooms. Well, it's not always the reality. Our guest is Dr. Miriam Kant. You can also weigh in on this conversation, Atima, by dialing in on 011-714-2006 or you can send a WhatsApp. The WhatsApp number is 0614104107. Off to messages now. Dr. Kant. This one is from Donald in Rustenburg. Donald says, good evening, Patricia, and all A-teamers. I like that noise from the vagina. It simply shows I'm doing my best as a man because it's lubrication. It's like women, they don't like that sound because it will look like they have big vaginas. (laughs) That's what you were saying, Dr. Khan. That is a conception that uh, if you're doing sex, there is that noise then your vagina has an issue. It's a misconception, Patricia, and I'm so glad that Donald raised that issue. Um, And yes, he should be proud of himself. Be proud of yourself. Be proud of yourself. And make your partner comfortable about themselves as well. Let your partner know that it's natural and it's part of the process. It has nothing to do with vagina size. Another message here from an anonymous who says, Good evening, Dr. Khan. I suppose I can always try porn movies ways. However, I think I'm not fortunate enough to find someone who's willing to try as well. I would like to suggest our intimate partners to try to be as wild as they can get. It's a plea. What do you think of that plea? Patricia, did you say that they need their partner to be as wild as porn stars? The guest as wild as possible, and it's a plea. I'm thinking wild means no inhibition or free and lots of confidence and vigorous. Um, And I think that that takes a lot of time depending on the person. So it depends on your personality. It depends on your ideas um, around sex that I just mentioned a few minutes ago regarding shame and guilt. And and there's another misconception I want to raise because this is something that I've also, you know, uh, thought about as a practitioner and as, you know, just growing up as you, I I suppose because of the fact that I was raised uh, and I do live in a very um, orthodox Muslim community, also dressed in in a very um, modest, orthodox way myself, the idea that just because a person does not dress modestly, then they would have less inhibition, lower inhibition. So they would, you know, be up for anything, and they would also be more vigorous, more spontaneous, wilder, freer during sex. And it's not necessarily true. Because you don't know what kind of baggage, what kind of trauma, what kind of concerns they're walking around with and moving with. So not to equate dressing 
with how someone would perform, so-called, I'm using the word perform, mercy, um, in, in the sexual act. And I think that if you need your partner to be a certain way for you to have full um, you know, satisfaction, then you need to communicate that to your partner to say that, you know, I have this kink, I have this preference, this is what I like, this is what really gets me aroused, um, and it gives me a better climax, gives me a better orgasm. Um, and are you able, would you be comfortable trying this? You know, so just to put it out there so the partner does know this is what brings you better satisfaction, and you're asking them if they can meet you halfway, and to also understand that sometimes the response might not be what you're expecting to hear or wanting to hear, and you take it one step at a time. Uh, I could add on that one, Dr. Tom. Like, you know, don't have this conversation during the act of sex because it will... Oh, absolutely one, not. Mood. <laughs> yeah, it will spoil the mood, and it will definitely make your partner feel uncomfortable because they'll be extremely conscious. So have, have this uh, conversation over, you know, uh, popcorn and a movie or while on a date or taking a stroll at the park um, or while cooking, something that is, is going to distract their mind from it so that they're not so anxious when they get into the sexual act that, oh, I need to please my partner. I must really try this because you also don't want your partner to feel pressured. You don't want Absolutely. your partner to be turned off because sex is a two-way street, isn't it, Dr. Khan? I think if you if you have a movie in mind or a sex scene in mind, then maybe suggest that movie or, you know, watch that movie together. And when the scene comes up, then you can, you know, raise the topic. All right, let me go to another message. Uh, this message is from Anonymous, who is in Stellenbosch. Anonymous says, Hi there, Patricia and uh, your producers. I think sex is overrated. I never thought it's possible as a man to abstain from sex since mid-year 2018. Wow, very interesting. Um, are we overrating sex, Dr. Khan? Pardon me? Are we overrating sex? I think it's a very personal, um, you know, I, I think it's subjective. So I think it depends on what people's desires are. Some people, a lot of, at the moment, we're currently in asexuality week, so you get people who are asexual and they don't have sexual desire, and that can happen even after you've been through um, a sex life. So you could have had experiences. You could have experienced a, an intimate life with not necessarily having sexual desire, but choosing to have sex, and later on when you develop the confidence to say, Hey, you know what, I don't actually have the sexual desire, and so I'm also going to choose to abstain from the sex. Or you could have the desire, but just don't think sex is all that, and choose to abstain. And I think it's very subjective. So it also depends on the context the person. Uh, some people use sex as, you know, it's part of their OCD. So um, they, you know, it's not an addiction, but sex is their go-to for whatever their escape is. So it really depends on the person and the context and all the factors leading up to the decision to be able to, to abstain or not.
now this one is around uh, the, the erection that lasts forever and ever, or at least what seems like a forever and ever when it comes to these uh, uh, romantic and porn movies. How do they do it? What is it that these men are doing to have an erection that is on all the time? And what is it that these ladies are doing to make sure that their drive is also um, at such a peak point? I wish I knew. <laughs> I think that it might be the little blue pill, or it might be that movies are filmed on different days or different times of days and just picked up from a certain scene. But definitely, um, I think this is something that concerns a lot of men. A lot of men, mm. because of the fact that a lot of men watch porn, I'm not saying women don't watch porn, but a lot of men watch porn. And it's their introduction to sex and intimacy from an early age. And they have this idea that we need to have a you know, several hour long erection. And there you know, there isn't anything in the movies that shows a dip in your desire. So the erection so losing the erection, you know, getting flaccid. No one talks about that or shows that or it's not mentioned in the scene. So it's a forever erection. And then you find um, women on the receiving end who are forever lubricated. And we know that that is not true either. So we need to be realistic about these things. I mean, I'm not sure how often have you, Patricia, come across a movie where there's lubricant on the side table. Never for me. I mean, I've never <laughs> come across any movie where they talk about lubricant or there's a tube true. on the side table. True. Very true. <laughs> no, that's you know, the mind wanders. So your mm. mind wanders when you're intimate, especially for women, especially if you're a mom, if you have kids, um, there's a whole to-do list for tomorrow. Um, and so your desire in the moment will drop and will rise. And with that, the bodily fluids will increase or decrease. So there isn't 24-hour lubrication for women either. So I think that we must you know, start having these conversations and be more realistic about what we see and mention them, talk about them, discuss them with our partners even. Ask our partners what do they think about this and do they feel pressured in any way based on what they see in the movies and how can you help them ease that pressure? And I think on that note, we can wrap up the and uh, Dr. Tan, thank you we deal with these things. But for men and women who'd like to come and, uh, you know, consult with you, how do they get in touch with you? 079-380-8449. And on social media, it's at Dr. Marion B. Khan. Simple as Thank you so very much for joining us, Dr. Khan. Always such a great pleasure. One thing I've learned from this, don't believe everything you see on the screen. <laughs> Absolutely. You have a great evening, Patricia. Take care. You too, Dr. Khan. Thank you. Eighteen minutes. it was such a great and informative uh, session that we had for our um, Wednesday edition of the Late Night Conversations. It's, uh, it's 
So what, uh, nine minutes before midnight? So we're going to give you some great music and uh, leave you in the capable hands of beautiful music up until 3 a.m. At 3 a.m., Asanda Better comes in with Sound Awake, so make sure that you are tuned in. We'll be back again for the Thursday edition of Late Night Conversations at 10 p.m. Stay tuned to SFM. And also, if you'd like to interact with me, you can do so on my personal social media platforms at Patricia N. Dooley. May goodness and grace lead you all to the great heights of success. Late Night Conversations with Patricia N. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.